0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Friday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Me and my one good ear. The ear drama continues. Couldn't hear out of my left ear all night last night. Now, I don't know what these d drops are supposed to do. Maybe I put too many in there. It said five to ten. I felt like I poured a bowl of drops in my ear. S- finally, last night, started popping a little bit. Popping and locking, or unlocking, I guess. And I can hear a little bit better this morning. But we'll see. It is Football Friday, Friday, September 30th. Welcome into the show, Spears on Sports, the official introduction presented by Eminem Cartage m M&M and Hotline, open 384-1450, 502-384-1450 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. I'm going to make this announcement one more time. I'm not sure it's still going on. It's the last day of September, but here we go. It is Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Awards member wins $10,000 grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. That's supposed to go on all summer long. But Justin's in a hoodie today. Um, He wonders where fall went, I think you told me. Yeah. So, you know, winter is upon us. I don't know when the summer cash bash ends. There are two steps to uh, be eligible here. You open your Refreshing Awards app, click on the summer cash bash icon. That's it. You're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, become one today, text REWARDS to 80313 and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450.
1: By the way, there, yeah. there has been a winner from Louisville and a winner from
0: Lexington this this year. In the summer cashback? Yeah. How about that? All right. You, were, you weren't uh, one of those winners, correct? I was You're not. an Indiana guy. Yeah, I'm an Indiana guy. Well, I'm a Louisville guy, and I was not one of those winners either. Uh, high school football tonight. It's football Friday, so, you know, I love it. St. X and Ryle, I'll be on the call with Tony Burke from St. X High School tonight. Ryle Raiders from Union, Kentucky, come down uh, I-71. pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff on the Big X. Southern Indiana High School football, the big uh, rivalry game, New Albany at Jeffersonville tonight. Justin Kalen, is that correct? Did I say that right? Yeah. On the call tonight, 7 o'clock, WFIA-FM 94.7, our sister station. You can hear the Bulldogs and the Red Devils from Jeffersonville High School. Bengals win last night, 27-15. They are 2-2. Two and two. It was a much-needed win over the Dolphins. The Bengals needed it. They don't want, you don't want to start 1-3. and three. I like to keep Friday light. By the way, the unsponsored six-pack, which is now 15-15 on the year, but 4-2 and two each of the last three weeks. I'll have that in the final segment. I like to keep it light on a Friday, but this is difficult today because what I saw last night disturbed me at Pacor Stadium, formerly known as Paul Brown Stadium. And we all knew, and we we should quit acting like we weren't sure, that Tua Tonga-Vailoa had a head injury against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. He hit the back of his head. He reached for his face mask. He shook his head back and forth to try to get rid of the cobwebs. He took three or four steps and fell back to the ground. He got back up, took a couple more steps, and had to be held up by his teammates. That's not a back injury. It's not. As he headed to the locker room with medical personnel, he never reached for his back. And what happened last night should never have happened because he should not have been on the field four days after being wobbly after hitting his head on the turf in Miami on Sunday. He should not have been on the field. Yet here he was, getting slammed down again, a, a perfectly legal hit, but again, hitting his head, shoulder and neck, and all of a sudden, his uh, upper extremities locked up, his fingers locked up, it looked like he was giving gang signs. That's what happens when you have head trauma. Sometimes, that's what happens. That is a, that is a uh, symptom of a head trauma. It's called the fencing pose, the fencing, I don't know why it's called that. But in any event, there were neurologists before the game tweeting out well-respected neurologists who work with families whose relatives have been involved in CTE, NFL former NFL players who tweeted out, this guy if this guy hits the field tonight, it is an embarrassment. People should be fired. Medical personnel, coaches should be fired. But he played. He came back Sunday and played in the second half. Now, I don't know what concussion protocol we're using to allow Tua of to get back out on the field on Sunday, because I was watching that game, and I was shocked when he was warming up on the sideline getting ready for the second half against Buffalo. Shocked. His bell was rung. He could not stand on his own. And it wasn't a back injury. Stop. I don't know who's lying here. First of all, the player is lying. Hines Ward said one time, he got hit by Ray Lewis, and he was seeing stars. Everything was spinning around, and he knew to grab for his ankle because he didn't want to come out of the game. Hines Ward, one of the toughest guys in football at the time, grabbed for his ankle. Why? Because I know if I grab for my head, they're not going to let me go back in the game. They had to hide his helmet from him on the sideline. But that's what a player does. That's what they're conditioned to do. We need you. Got to play. It's, it's ingrained in you your entire career from youth football all the way up. How tough are you? you got to be tougher than the other guy. But how does the medical personnel on Sunday let him back into that football game after what we saw? Common sense has to take over at some point. Now, the protocol is there is a team doctor and there is an independent doctor not related to the team. And they have to agree that it's not a concussion. He's cleared to go back in the game. We have to use common sense. Common sense and the eye test told you on Sunday this was a head injury. He was wobbly. He fell on his own. He got back up and had to be held up by two offensive linemen or he was going to fall again. He never reached for his back. Use the video that you have available. The NFL is going to have to redo their per, uh, concussion protocol because anybody that saw that incident on Sunday knew, A, he had no business coming back in that game, a game the Dolphins won, a big game for both teams in a, a divisional game against a 2-0 team and a, a two 2-0 teams trying to win the division. They needed him. So he talked them into getting back in there. I promise you. I promise you, Tua lied. The medical personnel have to see through that. You have to protect the player from himself. You have to say, Tua, we know you hit your head. We saw you fall. We saw you wobble. We saw you reach for your face mask. We saw you shake your head like you were trying to see the world straight again. Somebody has to be responsible, other than the player. Every player is going to tell you, I'm fine. I can go back in. See, for me though, you you kind of have to
1: give some of the blame to the players. And it's it's absolutely it's tough because they you've got to hold them accountable and have them hopefully realize, okay, this can affect me down the road. It's not so important that I go back in now. But all athletes just have a extreme competitive drive, and that far outweighs their accountability in terms of injuries. And that's the
0: problem. Yeah. That's the problem is the player is always going to lie because he's been conditioned to tell you he can go. I can run through that brick wall, Coach. I I know my ACL may be torn, but I can give you a couple of more minutes out on the basketball court or or at shortstop or uh, defensive end. I know I'm hurt, but I can can play through it. It's pain. It's not injury. That's what they're conditioned to do. I'm glad that Amazon Prime – by the way, Amazon Prime did not handle it well. No. They didn't handle it well at all. Now, the one thing they did, and they're taking a lot of grief for it, is they showed it numerous times. I'm glad they did. Because if they don't show the replay and we don't see the fingers locked up, then we don't have the eye test to tell us, man, this is awful. This is awful. We have the word of people. Well, you know, we're just taking precautionary measures. That's why we tied him down onto the, onto the board. That's why we took him to the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Hospital, University of Cincinnati Hospital. We're, we're being cautious here. That If they don't show the replay, that's all we know. Now, you can rewind it on your DVR, and you can watch it and say, eh, that looks kind of bad. But until they showed that replay with his fingers, we weren't really sure how bad it was. So I'm glad they showed it multiple times. This is something that people needed to see to react the way they're reacting today. But as far as Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet and the production value, they didn't show the Sunday play till the fourth quarter. This happened in the second quarter last night. Immediately. And look, he was on the ground for two full commercial breaks. They had plenty of time to show that hit from Sunday and say, well, you know what? Here's what happened Sunday. Make of this what you will, but this is his second head injury within four days. They didn't do that. The halftime show, Clarissa Thompson, Richard Sherman, who has railed against Thursday Night Football when he was in the league, but now he's an analyst on Thursday Night Football, so I'm sure he's not allowed to say hey, it's still a bad idea to have games on Thursday night. It's too soon after a Sunday game. Guys cannot recover quickly enough. He didn't say anything. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was to his teammate last year, was obviously emotional. He knows the kid. He was going to cry. He knows the kid. He's obviously emotional. And then you had Tony Gonzalez over there just sitting on his his mouth. They didn't even talk about it. Well, the good news is – to his, uh, all of his extremities are working, he is alert, and he is awake. That's all we heard at halftime. No questions, no replay of what happened on Sunday in, uh, against Buffalo. It was a sham. We didn't hear anything on Amazon about po- the possibility of back-to-back concussions until the postgame when they had an actual journalist on to say, this is not good. This is not good. There's Maybe he shouldn't have been out there. Well, there's no maybe about this. And anybody that tries to sugarcoat this and tries to blame, um, blame the kid himself, that's a, sh- that's a shame. Because there are medical personnel, there is concussion protocol in the NFL, there are a whole lot of people along the way that allowed this young man to get back out on the field, not only last night, but Sunday afternoon after he went down and wobbled back to the huddle.
1: Have and you, have you had ahead. a concussion, John?
0: Uh, most people would say I've had multiple. <laughs> just cause what I had would you say? Uh, I would say no. I don't think I've ever had okay. a concussion.
1: Because I, I had one, and it was in the ocean, and I re- vividly remember walking back towards the beach, and I looked exactly like Tua did on Sunday. Like, I, I fell down multiple times. I couldn't get my footing.
0: It's, it's scary stuff. It is extremely scary, and that's why there are protocols in place. Look, these, these players wore special, protective, goofy-looking things on their helmets all training camp long. You remember that? Mm-hmm. To help to, to say, hey, look, we're going to try to protect these players as much as we can. But you still have to protect them from themselves. Will we ever get to a point where those are being used in games? We might. Yeah. I mean, it's not pleasing to the eye. But, but at
1: this point, does it have to be? It's yeah. more about safety at this I don't,
0: point. I don't think it needs to be pleasing to the eye. Nobody cares. You can, the, you can make wearing. those guard caps with, like, team logos on them. <laughs> that would be cool. It would be that, cool. That would be interesting. Um, the NFL Players Association still investigating Sunday's injury against the Bills. They want to know, and everybody else does too, why was he back in the game Sunday? Why was he back in the game Sunday? And here's the other thing. If he's kept out of that game Sunday and they say there's a fear of a concussion, we don't know if he's got a concussion, then he doesn't play last night. He doesn't get on the field last night because you've got to be sure in today's NFL. This isn't 1970 where Ted Hendricks and Lala Zedo and Conrad Dobler and Lester Hayes can just knock you upside of the head. They put some smelling salts under your nose and you go back out for the next play. That's not the way it is. Drew Brees played his last season, he played half of a game with 11 broken ribs. Now, according to the team doctors, he had a rib injury in the first half. He stayed in the game. According to Drew Brees, after that game, while he was still in the league, he found out at halftime he had three broken ribs and didn't go back in in the second half. After he retires, he reveals, yeah, the number was not three, it was 11. I had 11 broken ribs. But you play through the pain. How many ribs do we even have? That's what I said. Were some of his broken ribs some that he had eaten earlier at uh, Applebee's? (laughs) I don't know. The NFL failed to Tonga-Vailoa this week. They failed their own concussion protocol. And there will probably be litigation. And you see guys, Junior Seau, uh, Rodney Harrison, that are affected. By this, the rest of their lives. You have a concussion, you have a sensitivity to light, you wake up depressed. Junior Seau killed himself because he was so depressed because of CTE, the brain injury. And Tua tangavalo is 22, 23 years old. He's got a long life ahead of him. And in the last four days, he's gotten two major head trauma injuries. That are going to last into the rest of his life, not just his football life, his life. And this second one could have been avoided. Take a break. Hey, we have 24 ribs, by the way. 24 ribs? Yep. Well, you don't want to break one. One's and you fine. sure don't want to break 11. Now, my brother in law broke one. You can't, it's hard to breathe with a broken rib. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm soft but i I've, I've never had any major injuries i've had ac i've had knee replacement other than that ear but brain injury i got a little ear thing going on <laughs> um you know hangnail once in a while better knock on wood gout the gout gets in the toe you ever had that no oh thank my god, god. cuz you you got to drink limited beer with that right well you're supposed to not drink any beer or soft drinks yeah. uh, if you got gout That's uh, a lot ludicrous. of uh, cherry juice how about some cherry juice no thanks you want to you want to talk about trying to force something down have some cherry juice all right, we'll take a break. Unsponsored six-pack coming up. little baseball news. UK fans, I know you heard on uh, KRC this morning, but there's uh, something you need to know about tomorrow's game. We'll talk about that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports. Presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Air. you everywhere you I heard it, I heard Welcome back heres on sports presented by Eminem Carnage John Spears in studio biggest series of the weekend coming up Reds Cubs the uh, Reds need to go four and need to go three and three to avoid losing 100 games Don't you have a bet on that uh it's a friendly little wager hmm. nothing major with with Ed I said there's no way they lose hundred games And then they traded Louis Castillo, and they traded Tyler Malley, and Joey Votto got hurt, and I'm probably not going to win that bet because the Cubs are playing actually pretty good ball. Cubs just swept the Phillies, who are trying to hang on to their final playoff spot. Eminem Courage hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text in at that number. Uh, to finish up on the Bengals and the uh, Dolphins last night, the Bengals improved to 2-2. Two and two. That's two wins in a row. Now, they opened the season at home with a loss to Pittsburgh that they should have won. Two road games. Now, this was a home game. Now, they've got two more road games, which means the back end of the schedule is uh, overloaded with home games. The good news if you're Bengals fan is uh, I think you feel pretty good about your team right now. I think you feel pretty good about your team because two and two is a lot better than one and three. And you beat a good team last night. By the way, Teddy Bridgewater, I give him credit, came in 14 of 23, 193, a touchdown, an interception where he and the receiver, the tight end Gasicki, were not on the same page. But uh, Teddy will be fine. Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is a pro. He's been doing this a long time. Uh, Joe Cool. Joey Burrow, did you see his outfit last night going in, Scooter? I didn't. He looked like drapes. He looked like curtains. And and that was an outfit that you can't wear in the postgame if you lose. It was, uh, I guess it's cool. I'm an old guy. I don't understand it. But Joe Cool was 20 of 31, 287, two touchdowns last night. And here's the important number. He only got sacked one time last night. You got to go back to Week Seven last year for a two or for less than two sacks in a game for Joe Burrow. So the o line, we said it; it was a work in progress. All new guys playing together, they got a little better last night, and they protected Joe Burrow a little better last night. And if they can protect Joe Burrow, this is a without a doubt a contender and without a doubt a playoff team. But that's the first week they've done that.
1: Well, What was the stat they ran at the beginning of that game last night that he's been hit like 36 times or something?
0: I was watching the beginning of Toy Story 4 last night. Oh, yeah. I had uh, my grandson Ox with me. And uh, I told him, I said, no, here's the deal now. I was babysitting until 9.30. I said, look, here's what we're going to do. He's, he's almost four. We're going to put whatever you want on your little TV And on my TV, above your TV, I'm putting the football game on. So I did not see that stat. So I was watching uh, Woody and Buzz and Forky for a little while before the game actually got going. Did you say
1: his name was Ox? It's
0: Owen. Owen Xavier. Uh, I call him Ox. That's sweet. He doesn't like it, but I call him Ox. uh, He'll love it when he's an adult. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kentucky fan, get ready for tomorrow, okay? Now, tonight, keep track of the Yankee-Baltimore game. In New York, Yankee Stadium, as Aaron Judge tries to break the all time American League home run record, which he is now for one season, which he is now tied with Roger Maris at 61. You got to hope he hits it tonight, Kentucky fan, because this is my dream. And I told Justin this during the break ESPN is where Kentucky and Ole Miss is on tomorrow at noon. The Orioles and the Yankees play at one o'clock tomorrow. ESPN is going to break into the Kentucky game full screen, not split screen here as some people thought it was, and they are going to show every Aaron Judge at bat until he hits that 60-second home run. So my dream is that tomorrow, as I'm watching the Kentucky Ole Miss game with an eye on the Louisville-Boston College game as well and Purdue over here on this TV, Uh, against Minnesota, my dream is that about 2.45, the Yankees and Aaron Judge comes to bat in the fifth inning of an unimportant game against Baltimore. Kentucky or Ole Miss, I don't care which team, with under five minutes to go is driving in the other team's territory, and ESPN switches to a 14-pitch at bat for Aaron Judge where he fouls off about eight pitches takes about eight minutes for this at bat, and Kentucky fan, me included, will be blowing a gasket. Justin, if that happens tomorrow, how many TVs around the Commonwealth will have feet through them
1: or shoes? It's going to be an astronomical number. For sure, especially if I can see a scenario <laughs> playing out that it's an even longer at bat. I mean, we've seen at-bats go 20 yeah, pitches in the majors. Yeah, that's another what, foul what, ball. What if we get a, a tie game in the Kentucky Ole Miss game, and then they come back and one team or the other's up 10 points?
0: And I'm sure they'll show us what happened, but if you're not seeing it in real time, people are going to lose their minds.
1: I would advise watching the Kentucky game on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Because they will, watch it, it on an app. It yeah. will not interrupt
0: on the app, I wouldn't imagine. Most people don't know that, though. Yeah, And most people are unaware that this is going to happen until it actually happens tomorrow. They, they don't know. Aaron Judge leads off for the Yankees now. Now, they're the home team. The game's scheduled for 105. He'll probably be stepping into the batter's box somewhere between 115 and 125. And all of a sudden – it's probably close to halftime or halftime of the Kentucky Ole Miss game. Setting up for a field goal to take the lead, heading into the locker room, and here's Aaron Judge stepping <laughs> to the plate. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> I can't wait. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> You're evil. Um, and I get it. It's history. You want to see it? Do it on a split screen. Yeah. Which little, is what
1: they've been doing for the little, past two, three weeks. Put
0: a little box in the corner. Yeah. I, I saw today – on ESPN.com, by the way, that they are full screening this thing, they are. So I I take that as fact. If it was on ESPN.com, they are going to go completely off the football game and completely onto the baseball field.
1: Can you see a scenario where they catch a lot of heat today for that and decide to go split screen instead? Uh, I don't
0: know who's giving them heat because people don't believe it's going to happen till it happens. Right? There's no complaining now. Everything anybody's saying right now is, "Oh yeah, I hope they do that." Wait do you What do you see? What happens? Well, they're going to do it. So what's going to happen? You're going to turn on Tom Leach and uh, and Jeff Picoro on your on your uh, iHeart Radio app and listen to the game for a little bit while you wait for Aaron Judge to hit a slow roller to second base or strike out or take a four pitch walk. That's what you're going to do. You don't have any repercussions here.
1: Now, if Aaron Judge is up. And he's getting intentionally walked. Did they stay there for well, the hole at, in, did they stay no, there for the hole at bat no. or do they cut away? Well,
0: intentional walks now are just put him on. They'll, oh, that's they'll, right. They'll, yeah, no they
1: don't have to pitch it. anymore. Yeah, I forgot that.
0: But there he's been unintentionally, intentionally walked a lot of times. So I mean, we've seen a whole lot of uh you know, slider lowing away, fastball up and in, slider lowing away, breaking ball lowing away, ball four, take your base. Now that'd be quick, but I do envision a 14-pitch at bat. I do. Where he's fouling them off. getting Oh, he's got something in his eye. He steps out. He's got something in his eye. Pitcher steps off. Oh, how about if there's a guy at first and the pitcher decides to throw the first five times during the at bat? Jeez. I mean, this could be, you said it, this could be a 10-minute at bat. And then what happens when he hits the home run? How long does ESPN stay with the baseball game? Because now you're celebrating with your teammates, you're crossing home plate. Yankee oh Stadium gosh, is putting yeah. something on the scoreboard. I
1: didn't think about that. You're,
0: you're going into the stands to hug mom. He's gonna yeah. Oh your family's there. Now we gotta now we gotta have uh, the entire post home run celebration. Um, you know where I don't know. Aaron Aaron Boone comes out of the dugout. Maybe one of the staff. Uh, Steinbrenners Well, I mean, even his 61st
1: the other night, it was it took yes. forever hugging yes. all his teammates and yeah, Absolutely. I didn't think about that. That's that's why.
0: Oh, that makes my scenario even better. <laughs> you could miss half of a quarter of the football game if he hits the home run. And it's a long at bat. If everything goes horribly wrong for Kentucky and Ole Miss fan. And horribly right for Yankee and Aaron Judge fan, this could be a 20 minute twenty minutes away from the football game.
1: Crazy. I think it would be glorious. Hey, since we're on baseball, I didn't listen to your show on Tuesday. Did you touch on. I'm sorry, the, what? I no, know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I let it go. Uh, did you touch on the Marlins pitcher that had three balks and one at bat? Yes. Yeah. After yeah, not, not having
0: any and that's an three starts? Problem. I got an umpire problem. So were those balks to you? Because no, I didn't see anything no, wrong. I did not. Okay. Now he puts the ball in his glove and he, he he he's got a lot of movement in his glove with his hand, but nothing else is going on
1: there. Yeah. Okay. That's all I just wanted to know your take because I didn't so, think it was a balk.
0: Uh, the first one I went, okay. You know what? He he maybe he didn't come to a full stop. Okay. I'll give I'll give you that. But the second and third ones, I mean, he was conscious of hey, I just caught called, called for a balk. I'm gonna slow it down a little bit. But he just kept moving his hand in the glove. Technically, I guess he never came to a stop. And when you've gone 300-plus innings in Major League Baseball and never been called for a balk, and you get called for three and one at bat, which is, by the way, a Major League record, to me that's an umpire problem. That's an umpire problem. Speaking of baseball, Shohei Ohtani had a no-hitter for seven and a third last night against Oakland. Uh, until it was broken up. If if not for Aaron Judge's pursuit of the American League home run record, Otani would be winning his second straight MVP. Mm-hmm. He is top five in the league in in wins. Now he's on a terrible team, all right, and that does not help him at all. He's top five in wins, ERA, strikeouts, uh, and he's also top five in home runs hit, and top six in RBIs in the American League. It's incredible what he's doing. But he's on a bad team that's, that has no, had no chance to sniff the playoffs that I happened to pick to go to the World Series in the preseason. Well done me. And the other thing going against him is New York, Aaron Judge, 62, the pursuit of 62. And give Aaron Judge credit here. He's got 20 or more home runs than his nearest competitor in baseball. That's impressive. That's impressive. In this day and age, and now the baseballs are not what they used to be, that is impressive. I wish we saw more guys like
1: Otani, and I'm surprised we don't because if you watch a lot of youth baseball, 12, 13, 14 years old, their best players are all pitchers and they're the power hitters. So you know there's guys out there that
0: can do both. I just wish we saw more of it. I thought you know? Brendan McKay had a chance to be one mm-hmm. of those guys. I think uh, Tampa Bay was was working him out as a hitter and a pitcher and they at some point, and it was fairly early, in his minor league career, they said, yeah, you know what? You're a pitcher. But uh, you, this is – when you have a guy in the minor leagues, it's different because you can make him what you want him to be mm-hmm. as a, as an organization. Otani was in Japan, and he came over, and he was already a major leaguer, and he's like, hey, I'm a pitcher and a hitter, so I'm, I want to do both. And, and for California uh, – California, for the Angels, wow, I am stuck in the 80s. <laughs> for the Anaheim California Los Angeles Angels to sign him, they had to agree, yes, we're going to let you pitch and hit. Uh so that's that's I so I don't see I don't think we're going to see that a whole lot because organizations they want guys to to specialize in one or the other. They want them to I mean if they got a pitcher that's really good, they're telling him in A ball whether he's a starter or a reliever or a closer. I mean, they don't they're not giving you a chance a whole lot to, to make your own path and say, you know what, I'd like to I'd like to try both. I'd like to play shortstop and I'd like to play left field. I can do both. Well, we're going to make you a shortstop. All right, we'll take a break. College football, pro football, big weekend coming up. And here's what happens, and I'm going to talk about this very briefly after the break. By Monday, this Tua story will be out of our minds. All that and the unsponsored six-pack coming up. Listen to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. Justin Kalen on the other side of the glass here. Final segment of the week. Don't forget, high school football tonight right here on the Big X. San X hosting Ryle. The Tigers are 4-1. and one. The Ryle Raiders are 3-2. and two. They come down from Union, Kentucky to Brother Thomas Moore Stadium tonight. Tony Burke and myself will be on the call right here on the Big X, 645 pregame. 7 o'clock kickoff. Ryle and San X tonight. Southern Indiana high school football. Justin Kalin will be on the call as New Albany travels to Jeffersonville for the rivalry game. 7 o'clock kickoff, WFIA FM 94.7, Bulldogs and Red Devils. I love high school football. Here's what's going to happen. All right. By the way, Eminem Cards Hotline is open, 384 1450. Last chance to join in on the conversation, 384 1450. Get your last minute text into the show on the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450. Here's what's going to happen Tua gets hurt last night in that game. He's carted off, taken to the hospital, flies back with the team late last night, early this morning. Um, apparently, a concussion, all his extremities are working. Okay, great. And there are a lot of questions here. I don't have any answers, but there are a ton of questions. Who's to blame? Why was he allowed to play? Why did we act like it was a back injury on Sunday when, we, when it was clearly head trauma? So there are a lot of questions, but here's what happens. You got uh, UCLA and Washington tonight. You got a full slate of college football tomorrow. Games like NC State Clemson, Kentucky, and Ole Miss. Those are all top 25 matchups. Wake Forest playing Florida State is another one. Full slate of college games. You got NFL Sunday. Tampa Bay at home after the hurricane, taking on Kansas City on Sunday night football.
1: Oh, they came out and said they can play in Tampa?
0: They are playing in Tampa. Great game. By Monday, I'm going to come on this show Monday, and what am I going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about Kentucky's win or loss in Oxford. I'm going to be talking about what Louisville did in Boston College. I'll be talking about the NFL slate. We'll be talking about whether or not Aaron Judge hit a 60-second home run. All of a sudden, it's old news because the NFL, and I heard this uh, this uh, analogy earlier today, the NFL is and, and college football and our sports viewing in general, Is all about the shiny object. What's the next shiny object? Well, Tua, oh, wow, look over there, Tom Brady, look what he did. Oh, wow, look at this upset. uh, Oklahoma just lost two in a row. We forget quickly, we move on because it's all about the next shiny thing. And nobody's better at the next shiny thing than the NFL. Nobody's better. Tua thing is awful. We hope, you know, hopes and prayers is what we hear all the time. Sending our prayers to Tua and his family. By Monday, we'll want to talk about something else that happened, especially something else that happened on Sunday during NFL football. There's going to be something crazy that happens. Maybe that crazy thing is the Raiders win. That would be crazy. Maybe the Jaguars are 3-1. Patriots beat the Packers. Patri- there you go. There you go. Another a, a different quarterback got hurt. Maybe it's a leg injury. We're on to the next thing. That's a society, that's the social media society that we live in now. Nothing, the news cycle doesn't last long enough. All right. A lot of great college games. Let's go ahead and get to the unsponsored six-pack because I don't want to leave let you down. Four and two the last three weeks, 15 and 15 overall on the season. We're kind of on a roll here. So here it is, the unsponsored six-pack. <laughs> That's a little long, but I like it. I needed a rim shot there at the it's end. A ting. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's start in college football. Noon game on Saturday. Fourth-ranked Michigan at Iowa. Fox. Michigan is a ten and a half point favorite. I think Iowa stinks. I don't know how clearly I can put it. Yes, they're three and one. They beat South Dakota State seven to three without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, go get your abacus and do a little math and figure out how they did that. They scored seven again in a loss, 10-7 to loss to their arch-rival Iowa State. They've scored 27 the past two weeks. Michigan has not been challenged. This is a national TV game and a challenge game for the Wolverines. I think Michigan has a legitimate shot to get back to the playoff. Yes, they're going to have to beat Ohio State, but I don't see any reason – that both Ohio State and Michigan don't go into that game undefeated. I'm going to lay the 10 and a half here. Sometimes Vegas puts that hook on there to get you to bet one way. I like to bet the other way. 10 and a half? Oh, that's an extra half point I can take. No, it's an extra half point I'm going to give. Give me Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. 3-30 game, Penn State at home hosting Northwestern. Remember when Northwestern beat Nebraska. Uh, overseas at the beginning of the year, where's that game, Justin? London, I believe so. Yeah, uh, Ireland, it was Ireland. Oh, yeah, that's right. And we thought, man, Northwestern and over under on wins was three and a half. They must be pretty good. Well, they've been terrible since then, and it kind of goes to show you how bad Nebraska is. Penn State minus 25 at home against Northwestern to me, it's a gift. Give me the nittany Lions. they're not pretty but they do score a lot of points.
1: You don't anticipate Northwestern doing the hokey pokey, turning themselves around?
0: No, I do not. In any way, shape, or form. 730, Clemson, NC State. I'm only picking this game because it's Clemson, NC State. Probably the best game of the weekend that's not Kentucky and uh, Ole Miss. And you know how I hate picking against or on the local teams. I'm going to take Clemson. Most people are saying, oh, this is NC State's year. I myself – Picked NC State early in the year as my before the year started as my lock to win more than eight and a half games. And they're still going to do that. It's not going to be this week. Clemson's coming off that double overtime win at Wake Forest. They are back home. It is a night game in Death Valley. Clemson is a different animal at night in Death Valley on national television. NC State is good. But I don't think they're good enough. I, again, I hate giving all the points, but I'm doing it this week. I'm taking Clemson and giving the seven. No comment on that one? No. That must mean you agree with me.
1: Uh, not necessarily. I just I, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to the ACC this year.
0: Yeah, there's no reason to. Exactly. Really. So, I, I mean, I don't – I mean, to me – Two of the best games this weekend are ACC games, this one and Wake Forest at Florida State. Gun to my head, I would go Wake Forest. Well – I'm not picking that game, so it doesn't really matter. I'm going Clemson minus seven against North Carolina State.
1: Oh, I thought they were playing
0: Wake Forest. No, they beat Wake at Wake in double overtime. Line. That's right. All right, NFL. Last week, I went four and two. My two losses were probably, in my opinion, the two best teams in the National Football League. I took the Chiefs. They somehow lost to Indianapolis. I took the Bills. They lost to the Dolphins. I jinxed them both, I feel like. Well, I'm going to try to jinx them both again. I'm taking Buffalo. I still believe they're the best team in football. They're they are on the road at Baltimore. The best quarterback in the NFL this year has been Lamar Jackson. There is the numbers bear it out. He's been great. He's the
1: fifth leading rusher
0: in the NFL. (laughs) Think about that.
1: As a quarterback.
0: The one loss to Miami was an aberration. They had a 21-point lead in that game. However, this is a get-back game for Buffalo. Get back on that horse because Buffalo got sort of, I don't want to say embarrassed, but it's one of those, we're cocky, we're the best, Uh uh-oh, we just got knocked off of our high horse. And now I think they bounce back. I think they go into Baltimore and they beat the Ravens, not with offense, but with defense this week. They will find a way to slow down Lamar Jackson. I'm taking Buffalo. There's a reason Vegas will tell you that Buffalo is a three-point favorite in Baltimore, and I'm going to believe in that reason, and I'm taking the Bills. I like that one. Detroit at home against Seattle. Detroit's a darling because of hard knocks on HBO. Everybody loved Detroit. And they played Philadelphia as good as anybody has so far. I like this Lions team. Jared Goff notwithstanding. They have a terrific running game. They got a good defense with a couple of rookies on there, including Michigan's Aiden Hutchison. I like Detroit to beat a bad Seattle team at home by more than four this week. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to give the four to the Seahawks. Finally, Sunday Night Football, already mentioned it, Kansas City and Tampa Bay. It's a pickle. Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady. The, I guess, still fairly young against the old guy. I don't know. Maybe Mahomes is getting up there into the middle-age category now. No Tyreek Hill on this Kansas City team. They uh, laid an egg in Indianapolis last week. They don't want to do the same thing in Tampa this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, here's a stat for you, Justin. They have not scored a first-half touchdown this year. What? Yeah. Now, they're 2-1. They
1: haven't and had any receivers to throw they're two to.
0: They're 2-1. They beat Dallas in the first week in a low-scoring game. They lost to Green Bay last week in a low-scoring game. They don't score touchdowns in the first half. Guess what? Against Kansas City, you've got to score or you're not going to be in the football game. That game last week against the Colts, I'm going to throw that out as an anomaly Patrick Mahomes and the guys were 2-0. and The Colts looked terrible the week before. They went in again on their high horse. Hey, we're the Chiefs. The Colts' defense knocked them down. Tampa Bay's got a great defense. That's the reason they're 2-1. and But Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. In a pick I'm always, always going to take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs over a 40, five. 50, 69-year-old Tom Brady. <laughs> so there you go. That's a six-pack. Michigan minus 10.5 at Iowa. Penn State minus 25 at home against Northwestern. Clemson minus 7 at home against NC State. Bills minus 3 at Baltimore. Lions minus 4 at Seattle. Boy, I'm giving a lot of points this week. And uh, the Chiefs in a pick'em at Tampa Bay. So I am going with, uh, let's see, one, two, four four, uh, road teams, three road teams. Whew. Yeah. One Brave. Of, I don't know. Any of those scare you? If you're Michigan, Iowa, 10 and a half? Who you like?
1: I like Michigan.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: think you were spot on. Iowa stinks.
0: Iowa stinks. Some of those Big Ten teams stink. Yeah. Rutgers? Rutgers is a 40 and a half point underdog to Ohio State. By the way, Iowa beat Rutgers 27 to 10. I'm not impressed.
1: Indiana's an underdog
0: at Nebraska. Oh, I, I'll tell you who I like in these games. Gun to my head, who I like in these games. I like Ole Miss. I picked him to win the game before the year started. Um, Chris Rodriguez, I'm I'm gonna be interested to see what happens in that first couple of possessions for Kentucky. Because if they can get him some space and he's Chris Rodriguez of old, then then, you know, the the gloves are off. Kentucky's a contender. Uh, at least until they play Georgia. Or at least until they play Tennessee, maybe, at Tennessee. But until I see Chris Rodriguez be last year's Chris Rodriguez, Ole Miss, look, they're they're 8-2 against Kentucky and Oxford in the, in the history of the game. Uh, Lane Kiffin seems to have the Cats number. They beat them last year. Um, I just think Ole Miss, it's a big number, I know. But, again, Vegas knows more than I do. I like Ole Miss to cover that seven-point spread. Louisville, I think, kills Boston College. I've been on record since last Saturday when I sat at home on a Saturday night and watched part of the Boston College Florida State game. That might be the worst. They might be worse than Iowa and worse than Northwestern. That might be the worst team I've seen all year. Here's the thing. Louisville beat South Florida forty one to three. South Florida was better than Boston College last week. So I'm going to take Louisville and give the fourteen there. I have no problem giving fourteen. Indiana, Nebraska is interesting. Nebraska, the week after they fired Scott Frost, laid another egg against Oklahoma. They hung in for a little bit, but ultimately it was embarrassing. Indiana's got to fix the offensive line, but I'm taking the. I didn't care who was getting the points in this game. These are two bad teams. I'm taking the points. Indiana's getting five. Give me the five. I'm not taking the team. I'm taking the points. So
1: I don't know if you've seen this stat. I gave it on Kentucky roll call this morning. Indiana is four. Losses away from becoming the first collegiate team with 700 losses.
0: You got to be kidding me. I'm not kidding you. No other team has 700. Kansas doesn't have 700 losses. I got to do my own research because I'm not going to bet you on that, but I don't believe that. It's what's being reported. By the way, Purdue at Minnesota. Minnesota is now ranked 21st. They're 4 0. PJ Fleck is rowing the boat once again. Minnesota giving Purdue 12. You know what? Give me the points. Jeff Brom needs a turnaround game. I don't think they win. I think they keep it close. Monday, we'll talk about all of this stuff. I'll tell you where I was right, where I was wrong. Hopefully, the six-pack will help you out. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Carnage on the Big a. I heard it, I
1: heard it, I heard it on the X.